Hi, this is Steve. And this is Lisa. And this is our podcast called? <laughs> Married a History Teacher. Did I call it a podcast? <laughs> you did call it a podcast. Well. You sound like you're from the Midwest. Well, maybe, yeah, your parents were just in town, so <laughs> maybe they're true. rubbing off on me. Oh, that's adorable. Or maybe I just got excited about talking to you about how we're podcasting from our pad in sunny Baltimore, Maryland. That sounds more uh, in line with your brain tendencies. Yeah, for sure, for sure. By the way, notice that new sick intro, Lise? I did. We are officially original. Yeah. Uh, shout out to our homeboy, Jacob. Getting creative on uh, tickling the ivories, tickling the keys, <laughs> producing us our own official intro music. Yep, no more stock music for us. No, we used to just rip that shit off of GarageBand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now we are official and he kept the same Scottish theme. Yep, I love it. Yeah. It was very kind. It was wonderful. Dude, we're so, f we got Josh making us our logo, we got Jacob making our music, mm -hmm. and we have. Paid advertisers. We do. We they're, are. They're coming in hot. We are big, dude. Massive. We've just made it. Mm -hmm. We're here. Right? It's great. So yeah. rich. Now, totally non-related to us having paid advertisers. Let me tell you a little story, Lisa. <laughs> okay. I went to my mom's house the other day, right? And I show up there. I have all these things to carry. And mm -hmm. I have not, I, you know, there's too many things to carry in my hands, mm. right? Then I show up to her house. She's not wearing a mask. You know, she's a baby boomer. They don't take it seriously, <laughs> right? And then I'm walking around upstairs, you know, and I keep stepping on a bunch of damn, like, clothing pens on the ground. I'm like, Ma, why are you leaving all these clothing pens all over the ground? Ma. Ma. <laughs> the clothing pens. Right? So I took to the internet. I took to Etsy. And I found this little page called A Handmade House. Did you now? Yes. Etsy.com slash shop slash A Handmade House. Mm. And I covered all of those bases. I got my mom a beautiful mask, a really cool pen cushion. It's kind of shaped like almost like a globe, like the earth. And I got myself a tote bag. It's all beautiful handmade stuff. Huh. And is it sustainable and upcycled as well, perhaps? It very much is. It's interesting that yeah. you brought that up. That is literally the perfect shop. It is the perfect shop for any home. And it's not, it, I, I might only shop there for my mom moving forward for birthday gifts, Mother's Day gifts, Christmas gifts, you know. Hanukkah. We're half Jewish now, so Hanukkah <laughs> gifts, right? It's all taken care of. It's, I mean, because there's other things, just personalized gift sets, um, she does covers for pillows, covers for furniture. I mean, it's got it all. Wow. I, I'll tell you, man. A handmade house. Excellent. It's excellent. That had nothing to do with paid advertisements. Yeah. I'm just really into that Etsy page. You know, I could tell that. Yes. We'll get to that other stuff later. Mm -hmm. Thank you to our paid advertisers, though, just totally separately. Yeah. Lisa. Mm. Should we talk history stuff now? I think it's time. All right. Now, Lisa, we've been doing a lot of episodes that some people might construe as complaints about American culture. Mm. I don't know how they could possibly think that, though, as this is a completely non-political podcast. It is. We walk the line perfectly. We strictly talk facts here. Facts on facts on facts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I, I suppose some could construe it as such. Yes. Yeah, so I thought tonight... We should just tell a good old, honest story uh -huh. just about good old-fashioned American capitalism, just about a business that really went out there, worked their asses off to be worth lots and lots of money by doing everything technically, totally, legally, huh. for the most part. <laughs> Sounds like another neutral one. It's going to be totally non-biased. And like I'm being a little bit sarcastic. I don't know if you could detect any of that. <laughs> yeah, you were getting there. But what I'm going to say tonight mm. is not opinion-based. This is entirely based on facts that I have researched over the past two and a half weeks. And that more importantly, I am simply reading facts from... Things that people have researched for years and years and years, right? Mm. I'm just taking the easier step. 
Yeah. Okay. You're, you're you're delivering the news in a different format. Yes. The facts in a different format. Exactly. Um, I'm allowed to have opinions, though, right? I, I mean, I can react. You can react however you would like to react, but me, I'm just a storyteller. You know, I <laughs> I don't I'm I'm a simple, humble, former public school teacher. I don't form opinions. I just tell the histories. All right. I'll I'll, I'll cover the opinions. All right. Cover the pure, the pure story that pure is pure homegrown storytelling. Capitalism. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't really know where you're going. Yeah, let's with get this, into it. Let's get into tone. it. We're gonna start okay. in 1920. All right. Roaring twenties. All right. Oh wow! Hundred years ago. Hundred years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're nice. finally at that point where it's gonna be a little annoying not to be able to just casually say the twenties in reference to this decade. I didn't even think about that. I've actually thought about that a lot. Really? Yeah, I'm like... Look at you. You're history-minded now. Well, I just always liked it. It's like the 20s. It's like a fun thing to say. And I, most of our lives... Well, not most. Well, two-thirds of our lives. No. How long have we been alive in this decade? Okay. Yes, two-thirds of yeah. our lives. It's been a little hard to easily reference the decade we're in. The aughts and the teens? Yeah, I mean, who the yeah. hell, what? Because, so, you know, and then when we were, like, middle schoolers, we weren't, like, analyzing the 90s. No. So we pretty weren't. much our entire adult life, it's been really bizarre to talk about the years of our lives. Yeah, exactly. And God, our lives are hard. Yeah, just add it to the list. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, so I have thought about that. But anyways, these are the, the former 20s, mm -hmm. the most recently former 20s. Is that the term for it? Sure. <laughs> That's what we'll call them. The and decade we'll formerly them. known as the 20s. <laughs> Perfect. Now, a fella by the name of W.G. Skelly, oil tycoon. How's that for an oil tycoon name, W.G. Skelly? I mean, he was meant to do that <clears throat> from birth. Oh, absolutely. Now, Skelly, drilling for oil, obviously. He's an oil tycoon <laughs> in Oklahoma, rural Oklahoma, right? One of his wells, out of control, spewing oil everywhere. We're wasting oil, you know? God forbid Americans waste a natural resource, you know? That's not how we roll. Not at all. All right? So we got big problems. So what Skelly does is he hires a new company. Eh, it's not that new. It's 11 years old. An 11-year-old company that was like relatively obscure for 11 years mm -hmm. called New Method Well Cementing Company. Mm. We're going to call them New Method for short. Mm. Okay? I got to say that, that if I heard that name and I had that problem, I'd be like, Let's hear you out. What can you do for me? I, right. I need a new sure, method. Sure, sure. And a, a big thing about new method is the new method was using concrete in oil wells mm -hmm. rather than using the, you know, the it's traditional the wood oh, or boy. the earth, right? Okay. I'm trying so hard to not reference There Will Be Blood for like the 18th time in this podcast. But a great visual of what oil wells looked like before cement was used you should watch the incredible, incredible film starring Daniel Day-Lewis, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, called There Will Be Blood. Yes, I just recently was forced to watch it, and it is giving me some great visuals for this. Yes, good. Mm. You liked it, though. <laughs> Lisa, like, you liked no it, right? You liked it, though, right? I liked it, yes. I, I mean, it's hard to match your level of obsession in most things that you're passionate about, but I did like it. I understood your appreciation for the film. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. It is good. That makes me happy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, new method's going to come in, and they're going to fix, they're going to get it under control. They're going to hook up W.G. Skelly with a functioning oil well using cement. And this is going to be new method's big brick because they proved to other oil tycoons that they have this great new method of controlling oil and drilling oil. And that is when fantastic American capitalism is going to kick in. They're going to get, like, so they're going to make a name for themselves. And everyone involved is going to start making themselves wealthy. Mm. Right? New method, new money. New method, new money. Um, over the next four decades, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. It's going to be like every other sort of capitalist business 
you know, it's going to buy up other businesses. It's going to start subsidiaries. It's going to spread internationally. It's going to expand its drilling and, or sorry, expand its like well making into all types of different drilling. So they'll do their own drill. They'll sell drilling products. Mm. They do the cement still. Mm. Okay. They're doing everything involving oil drilling. Mm. And they grow and they grow and they grow. The founder of New Method is going to pass away in 1957. And when he passes away, his little baby business that started in 1909 is going to be worth $190 million. Woo! Mm. That's some good old American capitalism. Mm-hmm. That's some oil skrilla. That is oil skrilla. That black gold lease. Mm. Now, four years after he passed away, the company is going to change the name of their business to honor that entrepreneurial starter. Okay? And they're going to name it after their founder. That founder's name was Ernie P. I know what it is because you told me what this podcast was. What was his last name? Halliburton. Ernie P. Halliburton. Mm -hmm. So, New Method is going to change its name to the Halliburton Company. Mm. And Halliburton Company is about to modernize itself, please. Mm. All right? Mm. Now, after this, let's skip ahead three decades, right? We're doing the normal oil business stuff. We're talking about a $190 million company in 1950, so that's big. 1959. 1959. Okay, so I'm just saying skip yeah, ahead three yeah. decades. Yeah, we're talking right. about we're mm. almost at the 90s. Yeah. They stay growing. They're doing normal oil business stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right? Expanding, they're multinational, so on and so forth. And then, by God, Lisa, 1991 comes around. Thank God for these guys. They get another big break. Woo. Do you know what that big break was in 1991? I mean, based on what I know, it's something to do with the gover- government contracting. Yes, it is government contracting. Mm-hmm. Guess where in the world this happened? 1991. What are we thinking? World events, 1991. The, the, Gulf. the Gulf. Let's let's be a little more specific here, Liz. The the um oh my god. The there's a more specific way to reference the Gulf. The, yeah, there's several Gulfs. We're not yeah, talking I know. about Why, the Gulf of Mexico. No, no, we're not. Why can't I think of it's it's in the Middle East and um oh my god. Ugh. This is COVID's fault. I have lost all contact with the outside world. It's not the Persian Gulf, is it? It is. Oh, shit. It's called okay. the Persian okay. Gulf. Okay, got it. Got it. There yes. we are. Woo. Yes. Yes. What happened in the Persian Gulf in 1991, Ooh, Lisa? Um, the Gulf Wars. <laughs> Don't, not plural. In 1991, it was the, just the one. Okay. Oh, okay. The first Gulf War. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which had something to do with Kuwait. It did. Saddam Hussein. It did. And uh, invading and, and us invading Iraq to protect Kuwait. Yes, yes. Okay. And that's where we got a lot of Kuwaiti refugees here. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kuwait loves us. Nice. One of our few friends over there. Yes, it is. It is. It is. Uh, fill in a couple details. Sure. Um, we invaded Iraq because they invaded Kuwait. Mm. Apparently, there's some big story about. How the Iraqis invaded poor little baby Kuwait and like ran into their hospitals and killed their babies and their sick people and stuff. And sweet, sweet H.W. Bush was like, hey, we need to go save those Kuwaitis. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So we invaded. The war lasted like 17 minutes. It was very quick. I think like four Americans died and all four of them were like from friendly fire or something. I'm exaggerating slightly more than four people died. Mm. But it was a silly little war. Mm. Um, of course, Kuwaitis don't feel it was silly. Right. They kind yeah, of, I mean, yeah. I have, again, I don't remember much. I, I have heard that, like, of all the wars that we have wormed our way into in the Middle East, it's, like, one of... It's got to be one of the better ones. Yeah, there are some <laughs> humanitarian reasons that yeah. you could point to. But, sure. of course, everyone is still acting out of their own state, their own interests. It's a huge international relations theory that every state is just operating from yes. that. Yes, yes, yes. Now, key thing about the Iraqis losing this war and going back to Iraq 
because um, they pulled out of Kuwait. Yeah. When they were on their way out of Kuwait, just so it turns out that Kuwait has lots of what natural resources? Uh, oil natural resources. Oil natural resources, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And those confounded Iraqis, they set a bunch of Kuwaiti oil wells on fire, right. which is without a doubt a total dick move. Everyone loses air quality. The billionaires, the millionaires. The waste of fossil fuels. Mm. It's Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a creation of fossil fuels almost, right? How is burning a fossil fuel creating a fossil fuel? Okay, fo- okay. Burning a fossil fuel is creating, well, they always say there's like fossil fuels in the environment. You know what I mean? So burning a fossil fuel creates the residue of fossil fuels that lead to global warming in the environment. Okay, all right. You just kind of <laughs> twisted it a bit. Yeah, I mean, you're either burning yeah. it or so you're, you're heating it in your car. Yeah, they're billion-year-old dinosaur bones, essentially, is what oil is. It's like the breakdown of billions Holy of years. Holy shit. Did is you that know that? I just thought I knew that's what is. That oil is. It is the carbon Holy that, shit. Like, that the pressure of the earth and just time has put on fucking ancient like dinosaurs, ancient creatures, and it creates this black substance that's why it's super finite it takes like billions of years to create oil wow that is <laughs> yeah you're just when you're driving around in a car you're basically just burning up dinosaur i mean it's it's just <laughs> insane that there are these animals that lived so long ago and we're just like doop, 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 doop. thanks bro <laughs> gotta get to 7-eleven <laughs> You think we evolved? <laughs> oh my goodness! I really, I feel. I remember what I had a thought once, like why is it called that? And then I never, I never dug deeper. Yeah, man, fossil. We are fuel. Really, all connected. God, mm-hmm. we're eating, drinking, running on everything ever that's ever lived and ever will live. Yeah. it's all one big cluster. Hopefully, one day, future people. We'll be driving around in a Tesla running off of my dead corpse in some way. I hope that for you. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Mm-hmm. I yeah. appreciate that. The gift yeah. that keeps on giving. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I'll put it in. <laughs> I'll put it on your tombstone. Please, please use me for... <laughs> Tesla fuel. <laughs> I better write that into my will, actually. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get back to the war. Okay. So what else ended... Right around 1991. Uh, the Berlin Wall fell. What yeah. they do with it? <laughs> yeah, no, but it did. I mean, oh, okay. the Cold War, right? Okay, okay. So the Cold War ended, and what Reagan was actually doing to help end the Cold War was spending a shitload more money on military stuff than what the Russians could keep up with. And it was pretty effective. Like, the Soviets couldn't spend, like, in communist countries that isn't have the sort of resources and ingenuity that America has is never going to keep up, right? So they're going to collapse. The Cold War is going to end, but we have this massive frickin' military budget. By the way, you should go back and listen to our um, episode entitled How to, How to Get a Complex, if you want to know more about this topic. About the military-industrial complex. Yes. Um. So anyway, what we're trying to do in the early 90s is actually get away from using the military as much and start handing out these lovely things called private contracts. The government pays private companies to do work for them. Okay? Mm. Now. We want to get away from this. Yes. There was an actual. We wanted to get away from using our military and using private companies. Why? So we are intentionally because our military budget is too freaking high, and we're just like have too many soldiers, have too many this and that. So it's like where so it's a different line item on a budget. Yes. So instead of adding to the military budget, so back then it was like there were still limits to how much we were willing to put into the military it's, budget. No, exactly. That's that's literally. This might sound counterintuitive to a lot of you, but the Bush, the first Bush, the H. W. Bush, and his. Um, cabinet, one of the things they were doing was defunding the military in the 90s. As Republicans. Woo. Yes. Like, this shows you how quickly things change. It does. It also shows you that politics is all bullshit anyways because they were just spending it elsewhere in a different line item. So, like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point as well. Now, to handle 
two things that we've just talked about, which is researching how we can use government contractors to provide protections for contractors in Iraq. So the protection would not be provided by the U.S. military. If you're an American, you're, you're a subcontractor, you're a construction worker, whatever. You Wait, need but how did we get to, like, did you get to the point of why we had contractors in Iraq that need to be protected to begin with? Yes, because we're doing stuff like putting out the oil fires. Okay. Like, we're not going to use soldiers to do that. We're going to use, like, engineers and, like, blue-collar folk and stuff like that. And those people in a hostile environment need to be protected. Got it. And right. so just, I mean, this makes a lot of sense, but just to be clear, when you set oil on fire, it keeps burning indefinitely unless you intervene pretty much. If there's, like, a, yes. as long as the reserve is there. Yes. Okay. You need Daniel Day-Lewis to run around <laughs> taking down all the wires holding up the well and eventually have his crew blow up and suffocate the flame. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so we, we, we say, okay, not only are we going to – we finished saving you from the evil Iraqis, but yes. now – we're going to put out these awful fires that they set. Yes. Who else could do this but us? But the wonderful Americans, mm. right? Now, to handle both these things, the research and providing of private military. Private military. Basically similar to like mercenaries. Technically Ameri That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I don't think we people know that. Do we know that? I don't think so. <laughs> because the military is so huge. I don't think it would really cross a lot of people's mind that we also contract out other people to do the same thing that the military Yeah, does. Well, it's all about phrasing, right? So I don't think technically we're supposed to use quote-unquote mercenaries. Mercenaries yeah. are based soldiers. <laughs> I definitely don't think. But what we do hire are security companies. It's okay, security that companies. resonates more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People know this. Yes. Protect American contractors in Iraq still do, right? Got it. Now... To do all of this, the Department of Defense at the time hired a company called Kellogg, Brown, and Root, or KBR. KBR was a subsidiary of Halliburton, our hero company of the night, right? Mm. The then They hired them for security. For security and the task of putting out the oil wells. So they hired them to do the job I and then protect you, themselves Halliburton to doing the job. I told you Halliburton was – yes, they were expanding anything that had to do with oil. Yeah. Halliburton did it or hired subsidiaries to do it. And, and, and it was considered pretty normal to have security be a part of oil. A hundred percent. I mean, that, as I say that, yeah. it makes a ton of sense for a lot of places in the world. I just yes. – Okay. So they – Okay, so KBR was hired to mm -hmm. basically run a full show. They were like a one-stop shop yes. to do everything that needed to be done to yes. get it, the job done. Yes. And if we want to not be cute, when we say KBR, we could just really say Halliburton. Yeah. It's just a subsidiary. Yeah, let's not be cute because KBR does sound kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> now, the man who orchestrated the invasion – of Kuwait, I, I said Iraq earlier. Technically, we only went into Kuwait. We didn't invade Iraq. Right, to just expel Iraq. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right, right. All right. So the Department of Defense, Defense at the time, okay, same guy who went into Kuwait, the same guy who orchestrated that invasion, is the same guy who high earth, so I guess, yes, gave the contract, the no-bid contract to Halliburton to fix the situation. No bid. No bid. No, what do you – okay, sorry. At my work – if you're paying more than $25,000, you are required to have multiple bids. How does the U.S. go? I mean, that bid probably was massive. The, 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 the loophole that the American government does, it actually wasn't as big as you would think. It was maybe like $20 million bucks or something like okay, that. Okay, still though. I mean, but, it was but, $7 million in research, and I'm not sure what, how much the actual practice was. Okay. But it was like $7 million to do that research was actually seems pretty low to me. Yeah, I mean, given that we always seem to like to overpay. Yes, yeah, but it's also 1991, so. <laughs> right. Um, okay, but still, okay, so it's no bid because yeah. probably it's the government. Well, so the loophole with the American government is they can technically give out no bid contracts if it's considered some sort like of a like sole source. emergency oh. or they can, can pull up the argument that the government cannot do that job as well as it, this specific private company. And no one else in, that's yes. competing with that company. It's like, oh my yeah. God, only KBR can do this. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 only so. Halle B's can do this. Okay. 
Okay. Yes. Now. I mean, not that that's okay, but okay. <laughs> yeah, right. So the defense secretary at the time was a fella by the name. Do you know who H.W. Bush's defense secretary was? I mean, the name that's coming to mind, I think, was his son's DOD person, which was Rumsfeld, yeah. It was not Rumsfeld, but he was part of the um, cabinet. It's a great guess. Shit. Uh, uh, it was a fella by the name of Richard Cheney, who is going to be the second hero of our story behind Ernie P. Halliburton himself. So Richard Cheney, Dick Cheney. Dickie Chains. Oh, I, okay. Oh, I didn't, I don't think I knew this about him. So he was, he was the head of DOD under H.W. Bush before being the VP to Baby Bush? Yes. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Right? And this is where Cheney and Halle B's are going to become bestie buds. Right? Bestie, just, bestie bud buds. Yes. Okay. Just BFFs. All right? Yeah. 1992 rolls around. H.W. Huh. Bush and, his, can- and his, his cabinet, including Dick Cheney, okay, is going to be up for re-election. Do they win the 92 election, though? No, he was no. a one-term president. He lost to Bill Clinton. Yes. So in 92, the Dems are going to win the election. The Democrats win the election with human trafficker and pedophile Bill Clinton <laughs> is going to win the election. And poor old Dickie is going to be out of a job. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. human trafficker and known pedophile Bill Clinton wins the election. Yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't um, associate himself with with bad people. No, right, exactly. <laughs> so here's what happens over at Halle Burton when <laughs> not from Halle Burton to Halle Burton. Yeah, oh Halle Burton. You're making it sound cute again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so old Dickie sees at office. <laughs> Halle Bees is uh, doing some other shit. All right, so what they're doing between 91 and 95 is, uh, Lisa, I don't want to shock you, but an international oil company is going to find themselves getting into a little trouble. Okay. They're going to be violating a couple federal trade laws. They're going to be doing a little bit of selling nuclear technology to U.S. fucking enemies and shit. You know, just classic minor acts of treason. What the f? But no, Wait. but Lisa, don't Lisa, don't give me your shit because we take them to court and they get sued for one million dollars once, <laughs> and then another time for two million dollars. So suck it, Halliburton. Justice served. Sorry, so it's Halliburton. You were just saying, <laughs> you were just saying oil companies, but it's Halliburton. Yeah, they were so. doing classic oil company shit. That's classic yeah. oil company shit. Oh yeah, Selling, I mean you can look at look at any. How do they get it? What? How do they even? What do they? Who are they? What do they know? There's a certain element of, of a, like if you're an energy company, you probably dabble in nuclear shit. Okay. And you're not supposed to sell almost any nuclear shit to countries like Libya, <laughs> but, but Halliburton does it anyway. But don't worry. Again, we find them a good two million dollars, so probably like a tenth of their CEO salary that year. Got them, Lise. <laughs> Good old capitalism. All right. Well, okay, so th- in those years where they don't have as much sway with DOD, they are doing other things to keep their coffers full. Sure, sure, okay. sure. Now, what's going to happen is they start getting in a little too much trouble, so someone's got to go, right? Mm-hmm. And who's going to go? Sacrificial lamb. Yes, is the CEO. Okay. Okay. Six years, he's CEO of Halliburton. He's going to get the boot. Okay. Boo-hoo. This guy has to suffer for joining the board of a Wall Street company instead. This Wall Street company that this wonderful American citizen works for. I'm gonna I'm gonna have you guess. Okay. okay. So from 1995 until 2008, he works on the board at Wall Street of guess what company? Oh my God, is it Bear Stearns? Close enough. Uh, shit. Lehman Brothers. Oh, Lehman Brothers. <laughs> oh what a God. guy. You know, what a guy. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lisa. Yeah. The man that Halliburton hires to replace that CEO is our old hero, El Ricardo Cheney. <laughs> What a 
oh my god, now I'm just like imagining this like super oily circle jerk. Like everyone's oil covered for lubricants? in oil. Yeah. <laughs> and they like love it. Yeah. Um, okay, wow. Okay, so wow. Okay. Oh, so so Dick's out of a job and he's like, cool, this guy. He wasn't out of a job. Out. He was doing other things. He was working I mean, in like government philanthropy jobs and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, if you're high up in D.C., you can yeah, get yeah. people to pay you all sorts of shit. Yes. But like he was out of a, 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 a job that was like not nasty enough for him. Like he needed, he was out of a nasty, nasty yeah, job. Yeah, he was just raising money for Republicans for the most part. Mm. Um, nothing wrong with that. And mm. till he gets this offer from Halliburton, and he's going to take that offer from Halliburton because he's going to be Halliburton CEO for five years and we don't know how much money we, he makes. We have to do estimates and it's based on like stock options and stuff like that. But he's going to make tens of millions of dollars in five years working as CEO of Halliburton. Okay. So the guy who Just gave them a huge government contract is now in charge of them. Getting lots of money. Lots of money. Yes. Now, of the many notable things, and you know, we, we're limited time-wise here, of the many notable things that Dick Cheney did as CEO of Halliburton was um, purchase a company called Dresser Industries. And Dresser was probably, I don't know if it's safe to say so much he purchased them, so much as it was a merging of companies. Um, Halliburton was slightly larger than Dresser's. But Dresser was still a very large company. Mm-hmm. And the director of the board at Dresser. I will give you one guess what the last name of that man was. Uh, Bush? Bush! No. It is a man named Prescott Bush, who is the father of H.W. Bush and the grandfather of George W. Bush. Prescott Bush. Wow. So now it's like... An incestuous circle jerk. Like yeah. A family incest. <laughs> yes. Circle jerk. That's what, kind of what's going on. Now. I'm getting like a lot of great imagery for art right now. Yeah. 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 I could definitely paint some like, what do they call it when a commentary on society? Um, I mean, there's a, I mean, it depends on how you take it. Are you doing satire? Satire. Satirical art? Satirical art. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I think so. With like a sex, sexy yeah. kind of twist. Not sexy. Mm-hmm. Sex twist. Is that a thing? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I know this well, is an important route to go down, but I don't want to stay on it for too long. No, I mean, I think it's important that all of our listeners, if we, if, if they walked away from this podcast and didn't picture the Cheneys and the Bushes jerking each other off with oil lubrications, I, I, think, I don't think we did our job. We failed them. And I think, thank you for bringing yeah. that to the table. Yeah. That's why you married me, really. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Once we become a very famous podcast, we're like super close, but like <laughs> soon people are going to want to use us in classrooms. <laughs> I don't know if they can use this one after talking about oil circle jokes. In college they can. They can college be as classes. risque as yeah. they want. Yeah, that's true. That's a yeah. great point. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, I tell you, Lisa, the Chinese and the Bushes, they must have just gone along swell. Because I'll be damned if well, obviously. Yeah. I mean, why who wouldn't is it... after that foreplay? Yeah. <laughs> Skills. Um, okay, yeah, they got along swell. Swell yes. as swell can be. Because, you know, 2000 rolls around. Old Prescott's little baby grandson, W, he's running for president. By golly, that man needs a nice, inexperienced, and intelligent man to be his vice president. So he picks, everyone knows now, Ricardo Cheney, right? Lisa, but here's the problem that Dick Cheney runs into, is that his contract with Halliburton didn't end until 2001. And if he broke that contract early, for any reason, he would lose millions of dollars in stock options. Oh my God. So he takes one for the team and he loses those million dollars in stock options so he could be the vice president of the United States. Oh, wait, shit, hold on. I'm misreading my notes. No, Halliburton actually gave him a severance package of $20 million for getting out of his contract early, right before he became the vice president of the United States of America. I'm sorry. I'm trying to convert my look to words, but it's hard not to just saltily stare into the oblivion. Um, 
yeah. So he kept on, so, he got a bonus. Yeah, so yeah. And then he it, kept all this stuff It's almost options. like they'd want to be on his good side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, anyway, oh Lisa, let's talk about the dynamic of Bush and Chain. Oh, my God. I, I, <laughs> Sorry. I know this story is about Halliburton, but we need to talk a little bit about the the way old, old Bushy. Which Bushy? You know. Actually, isn't Bushy what H.W. called Laura Bush? No, 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 no. It's what W. called. It's what W. called Laura Bush. Yeah, Bushy? Yeah. That's a good bet. I'm going to start calling you Willie. (laughs) Yeah, I wish that was, like, the most notable thing about him. Um, Okay, so what what do we have to talk about now? We have to talk about Little Bush now? Baby Bush. Baby Bush. Baby Bush and Cheney. Baby Bush and Dick. Yeah. Bush and Dick. Let's talk about See, Dixon it's Bush. all on theme. There's so much <laughs> art here. Now, they have a bit of a dynamic here where Dick Cheney is a pretty smart dude. He's a manipulator. He is what he is, but he's tactical and he's smart. He's good at accomplishing his goals, right? And those goals is going to be sitting backseat to George W. Bush, who's famously sort of a likable guy, you know? He's the guy. He's the president you want to have beer with. He threw out the opening pitch, and he's, like, fucking crushing this opening pitch. Not like that goddamn communist Fauci who can't even make it to home plate. You know what I mean? I like, know what you mean. W is just, like, everyone likes. Likeable fellow. Yep. Owns part of the Texas Rangers, you know? What a hell of an American. A piece of Americana. Right? But behind the scenes, we have Dick Cheney. Mm. Right? And Dick Cheney, old Dick and Bush, they have to deal... With something very tough in 2001. And what was that, Lisa? 9-11. 9-11. 20 individuals hijacked American planes, threw, flew them right into American targets. Of course, the World Trade Center, Pentagon, and one which we think was headed towards, you know, like the White House. Or, you know, do we really know? We don't really know for sure. Congress, maybe. I don't know. But it crashed yeah, in Pennsylvania. yeah. Right? And because those 20 individuals were from Iraq, we invaded Iraq. Right, Lisa? Eh. No. Those 20 individuals, 15 of them were from Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. who are our allies because of connection based around... Uh, black gold. Black gold. Mm. Right? So after these Saudi Arabian terrorists attacked America and killed thousands of us, Mm -hmm. we did the next rational thing, which was invade the country of Iraq. Do you know how many of the 20 attackers on 9-11 were from Iraq? Zero. Exactly zero. But that's what we did. So, our neighbors from across the street threw a rock through our window, and we exploded the house down the block just because. Is essentially what we did, metaphorically speaking. Well, I mean, there is the age-old weapons of mass destruction argument. The weapons of mass destruction. Can you give me, Lisa, uh, an approximate guess of how many weapons of mass destruction we found in Iraq when we invaded the country? I'm going to go with zero again. Zero weapons of mass destruction. Okay. So, we invaded Iraq. We killed Saddam. Well, actually, we didn't. Iraqis killed Saddam Hussein. Don't. I shouldn't be light about this. Saddam Hussein was a total dick, total douchebag. He was a terrible dictator. He was a dictator killed by a lot, you know, killed by his own people. Mm. All right. To this day, there's a good amount of Iraqis that love Dick and Bush for doing this. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Liberating Iraq. Right. Okay. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Iraq war, Lisa. Mm-hmm. 4,500 U.S. soldiers, in counting, died in Iraq. Mm. Another 30,000 plus in casualties, so people that lost a leg or whatever. Mm-hmm. These are just Americans, by the way. Right. So we're talking about over 35,000 American death and casualties. This is not including those statistics that don't get recorded, like the PTSD and the suicides as a result of PTSD of American soldiers. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost everyone that goes to war has PTSD. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, something that we don't talk about nearly enough is that 
there was a study done by an American and British coalition. Mm. It's called the Iraqi Body Count Project. Mm. And the Iraqi Body Count Project estimates that over 600,000 Iraqis died because of the American invasion. Not only that, and this is, I guess, this isn't a fact. Everything else I've said is stuff that you can factually find, you know, in government documents and shit. Mm-hmm. But you could make a pretty, pretty easy argument that the invasion of Iraq led to a destabilization in the area, which led to the creation of ISIS which then largely has been contributing to this ongoing, never-ending war in Syria. Yes. Which... There are a lot of underlying ethnic tensions, though, in Syria. There's a very complex of course, situation. Of course. But, uh, you know, absolutely. No, I mean, how could you not destabilize the region? I mean, that, I mean, it is, that, that, that's unbelievable death. I mean, I think it's... I mean, it goes without saying... I mean, I'm going to say something super cliche, but it's... <clears throat> when it's not happening here, it's really hard to fathom that. But, I mean, imagine 600,000 people dying here. I mean, that's still a, what, like three and a half times the amount of people that have died from COVID. Mm-hmm. And but Lisa, these claiming are the, money, young lives, sorry. Lisa, these, here's the thing, though. Like, we're f- focusing on the negative. Let's talk about the positives of the Iraq War. Okay. Okay. So... American hero Dick Cheney, okay, now, though, gets to be, as early as 2016, is worth $90 million, estimates as high as $100 million, largely in part because of holding on to Halliburton stock options, which increased in the years following the Iraqi invasion by 500%. Jeez. So, he is worth, again, about $100 million. He's a public servant worth about $100 million. I'm not going to lie. I would have thought it was more than that. Okay. Well, um, um, Halliburton, between contracts, again, no bid contracts that Halliburton was given to take over oil fields in Iraq, increased their value by $40 billion following the Iraq war. Jesus the, so sorry. So all of those. I mean, is there? Was there not? Was it legal? I mean, were there not any like ethical issues with having them be granted there all those contracts? Were court cases that found it to be, you know, because I, I don't know how to explain this legally. But basically, Halliburton was so multinational that they were able to prove that there was no connection between Dick Cheney and the American company of Halliburton because Halliburton was technically headquartered in, well, I think Dubai. What's the other one that's like Dubai that's not Dubai? The UAE? Yeah. United Arab Emirates? Oman? And it was UAE, I think. Whatever. It's not an American. It's not an American company, so they try to make these ties to Dick Cheney, who was the CEO. Oh, Qatar. Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. That's really obnoxious. My bad. <laughs> Keep going. But basically, nothing happened. There was no, we never proved any connection between play between Cheney and the Bush administration and the people that profited from the invasion of Iraq. However, you know how sex trafficker Hillary Clinton gets in a lot of trouble for her emails? Yes. 22 million emails were lost from the Bush administration on topics of the invasion of the Iraq war before and immediately after the invasion. We don't have 22 million emails. Why does no one know that? Because no one gives a shit, Lisa. That's been the whole goddamn point of this story. No one gives a shit. Until 2006, Lisa. Obama charges Dick Cheney and he is hung for war crimes. (laughs) 
No, sorry. I'm getting my notes mixed up again. Dick Cheney is retired. He's worth $100 million. He goes fly fishing in Wyoming and then comes back to his mansion in Great Falls, Virginia. Oh, and his daughter is the sole House of Representatives member for the state of Wyoming. Because no one gives a shit. Jesus Christ. Now, let's wrap up Halliburton. Let's get over Dick Cheney. Never. Vice President Dick Cheney. By the way, interesting fact about Dick Cheney. When he left office, his approval rating was an all-time low. It was 13%. Well, at least some people give some shits. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) The fucking approval rating. I'm sure he's so butthurt about that. (laughs) Nobody likes you. Let's let's finish the story, though, with... When did he get his face blown off, though? That was kind of... He didn't get his face blown off. He shot someone with a shotgun in the face. Oh, shit. When they were quail hunting. I thought his his face got... No! Damn it. Well, his next life is going to (laughs) be shitty as hell. Wait, we'll we'll see. You're going to be a dung beetle. All right. Now, in 2010, Halliburton is going to make the news again. Do you remember that BP oil spill? Uh, yeah, the, uh, no, come yes, on. Yes, deep, the deep hot water horizon, I think it's called, in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, no, I can't. Oh, no. So that was BP's drill. Guess who laid the concrete for that drill? Fucking. Oh. New money. New method? New method. Fucking bitches. Yes, it's all coming full circle, right? 2010, the Halliburton cement was in the BP oil spill that eventually leaked Shitty job spilled all over the mid-Atlantic, or sorry, why did I say the mid-Atlantic? The <laughs> Gulf of Mexico, mm-hmm. okay? Saved, of course, by fungus, <laughs> sweet, precious fungi that eats oil and natural gas showed up and removed most of the pollutants from the water. All, all carbon-based matter it can break down. Thank you, Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. For solving Halliburton's problem. Why don't you eat all of the rich, though? Wait, now? But here's here's (laughs) the justice, though. Here's the justice, Lisa. The CEO of Halliburton at that time, for Halliburton's colossal fuck-up, he actually got charged and thrown into jail. He's this guy. His name is, um, shit, I wrote it down. Where did I put it? Yeah, fuck it. But he's in jail now. Actually? No, fuck no. He's worth $155 million and he does whatever the hell he wants. You liar. Yes. That's the story of Halliburton. Great story of American capitalism. (sighs) I... I just feel like the theme of this year for me has been realizing the like extent of the corruption and the, just like i mean can i say like the like the evil nature of the people that are running this country i mean it's like it goes so deep and it spans both parties and it's it's very troubling and and by run this country you know i don't just mean the government, but also all of the huge companies, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, that's Lisa, that's a discouraging <laughs> thing for you to believe. Again, I'm just here to tell stories, but we got to talk about it and recognize it before we can take it all down. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it's not possible to take them down. I'll take them all fucking down. Yeah. Yeah. I all don't right. care I'll, where there's a, I will figure it out. All right, you heard it here, folks. Revolution starts with Lisa. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's going to be my slogan. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's going to also that be is going to strike fear into your enemies' <laughs> hearts during the revolution. Yeah, it's also going to be the name of my art gallery that will feature all the sexual oil paintings and then end with a dung beetle. Which the dung beetle represents. Dick Cheney's next life. Dick Cheney's next life. Yeah. Okay. And he's, and he drowns in oil at the end of that life. Like someone will like, because dung beetles are African, right? Sure. Someone's going to like drill <laughs> an illegal oil well in, in Africa, in the Sudan. 
and yeah. it's going to drown Dick Chania's and Dunk Beetle. Yeah, and then the fungi are going to eat him. Yeah. And then he's going to turn into uh, dirt. <laughs> this is a great historical recap. Good thing this is a history podcast still. You know, they say, you know, they call me Value Add Williams. <laughs> no, no, value Add Willie. All right. Join me, the Absolute Tutors. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, fuck everyone, though. You're going down. You're burning in hell. Okay. All right. Jesus. <laughs> uh, like, we got to get out of here before this gets more out of control. I don't care. I, right. I'm pissed. This You're pissed? Disgusting. Okay. This is the most I've seen, like... You're laughing, but this is the most I've seen you like emotional and upset at the end of an episode. It's absurd. <sighs> okay, <clears throat> cool. It's just it's it's almost now I'm kind of missing the actual the late history because that was far away. Do you just want to go because I've had this episode prepared on Dido and the Carthaginians for like months, mm. but we decided to like start covering more like, you know, important pressing topics. No, I mean, if should we just go back and do, should we do a Dido episode next week? No, my comfort is not what's of concern here, Stephen. It's, okay. it's lifting the veil and okay. you know, that's what we, if that's what we have to do, then that's what we have to do. I, I might not have a lot of coherent th- statements cause I'm too upset, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Let's get the hell out of here. Okay. All right. Next, next time you hear us, it might just be about Dido. Should, no. Yeah, all right. All right. I'm okay. staying strong. Okay. Shh. All right. All right. All right. My name is Steve, and I was a history teacher. My name is Lisa, and I married him. <laughs> <laughs>